welcome to the ETPHD Team Podcast, episode number 76. Hi, Anna, how are you? Hello, I am good. I think I told you I had a meltdown at the weekend and it was long overdue, but I feel so much better for it. <laughs> Congratulations, happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Aww. But yeah, no, it's been an excellent week otherwise. So yeah. Oh, great. Love that reframe. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they are just essential. Like sometimes you just... You just need to get it all out. Oh, honestly, it was big and it was ugly. Oh, but yes. honestly, I woke up Monday and I was like, so much lighter. <laughs> I'm very pleased for you. <laughs> How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm currently, this is such a personal problem, sweating through all of all of my clothes. And I was saying to you before I came on, I was like, I just, you know, when you're just gross. <laughs> Dang, I'm gross. I fly back today, so I've been running around. And then I realised actually when I was I ran to see Pedro, our little adoptive dog, and um, I'm kind of running back to be on time for this, obviously, which I was ten minutes late for. And then I was like, I'm going to miss the one thing I wanted to do this morning, other than the podcast, was be on the beach and get like just see the beach, like do my normal walk. And I was running down it, and I was like, I'm going to miss this last opportunity. <laughs> sat and did my compassionate breathing with my hands on my heart grounded myself and now I feel now I'm good it's all good I'm not anxious at all about the flight and the COVID rules and all of the other things it's absolutely fine totally fine totally yeah. fine I mean you're you're coming back and it's all good here <laughs> so, yeah so good. I have heard actually I've been quite envious of just how great it's been mm. I'm very yeah. accurate <laughs> so good all week I've had messages any plans that we've had and people are like are you are, do you still want to are we are we still good oh lateral flow okay this is where we're at. good good no I know it's hard when you're out of it to, to know how bad it is other than what you see on social media and what you see on the news and even then obviously the news only tells you so much right so mm. I'm just yeah I'm planning to just come home and hibernate with my family and not do anything I feel like that that's the general consensus right just don't really do that. I mean, that's that's my plan full stop anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> COVID. It's just the mood of your life. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's it. That's all yeah. I've um, Okay, we've got lots of questions. So let's crack on. Do you want to go first? Yes. Um, okay. So what is the best way to handle the Christmas period with friends and family without feeling like you're missing out on anything? Don't miss out on anything unless you want to miss out on it. I think, I mean, this is going to depend on what your goals are, right? And what where you are, are at with your relationship with food. But why are you feeling already like you're scared to miss out? What, what are you not involving yourself in? Why are you not involving it, yourself in it? I think if we take like a, an uh, overall perspective of this, right? So say someone's, you've got someone who's dropping body fat, someone who's not dropping body fat, whatever, different goals. When you go into any situation, think about what's important to me right now. Is what's important to you being present with your family and not missing out on a situation? Great, do that. That doesn't actually matter what you're eating. It doesn't matter if you're drinking alcohol or not. It doesn't, none of that stuff is actually the important stuff. On the flip side of that, for me, eating Christmas cake with my little brother is fundamental to our Christmas. And that's in line with my value of A, health, but B, families like love is like my number one family's up there so it's like that's important to me so that therefore I will do that and I think if you're already anticipating missing out on something then that's more a reflection of what you are restricting whether that be food 
whether that be social times or anything else, um, COVID aside, look at that and think, why am I restricting myself? Because that's what I feel like I miss out because I choose not to do something. Therefore, I have a choice to do it if I want to do it and if it's important to me. I think, and I know she won't mind me saying this, and I know many people will relate, but this person is a massive people pleaser. Uh, can't relate. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. So I think being firm on what you want to do, and like you said, it all comes back down to what your values are, what your goals are right now. Mm-hmm. And then you you can feel comfortable with whatever decision you're making then. Yeah, absolutely. People pleasing is hard at Christmas if you're a people pleaser. We all know that, right? When it comes to food, when it comes to social plans or anything else. And, and usually when we people please is when we get resentful. I did a whole journal on this other day because I was people pleasing for a reason. Oh, wasn't silly reason, but I was. And that's where resentment comes from. It's not from the things that you're doing or not doing. It's because you've done it for someone else. You're totally right. Okay. Is it okay to use diet options? I'm not aiming to lose body weight, but some foods are really high in fat, so I don't feel comfortable eating them. For example, chicken Kiev is about 30 grams of fat. But there's one that I saw that said healthier choices with 15. So I allowed myself to have it. Is there a way? Oh, yeah, that's it. I would say well done in allowing yourself to have that because it sounds as though that is something that you're you're currently working through. What I will say, though, is that the high fat versions tend to be absolutely bloody delicious. (laughs) And do you know what? Sometimes it's just... Well, I, I don't know what the, the goal was in fat loss, was it? Well, and actually we're working on a little bit of building muscle. So we're, we're not tracking, but we're actually looking at a slight surplus. Oh, well then, yeah, go, go all out and enjoy the, the Kiev or whatever it is. I think it has to come back to what that underlying feeling is. If there's some guilt with it being higher fat, why is that? Fats are really tasty. They're brilliant for health and hormones. Mm-hmm yeah i agree i think why like again it's like it is okay to use diet options anyone is allowed to use diet options but it comes down to what's my intent with this and in this situation your intent is to reduce fat intake but why in an overall healthful diet and potentially actually we're trying to push calories a little bit why are you trying to restrict fat intake because logically there's no reason to do it which means it's illogical or irrational that you're trying to restrict your fat intake and then that's what you want to look at and say, well, what is my reason? Oh, it's probably because I think fat is bad. Why do I think fat is bad? Is that a true thought or is that a diet culture thought? And that's a diet culture thought. Do I subscribe to that anymore? No. Okay, I'm going to challenge it. What you might find is you have a higher fat option and you go, oh my God, like you said, a lot of the regular options are, are more delicious. But on the flip side, you might say, do you know what? Genuinely, this is not what I want to eat I don't particularly like it I would rather have the other one and that's also fine because the way that you approach it is completely different it's, it's a choice and food preference is so important so it's totally okay but again it's all just about questioning what is the thought behind this as opposed to I think with a lot of relationship with food stuff right it can all look the same on the outside one can be super healthy one can be super unhealthy one can be in the middle and it all looks the same and there's no way of knowing that until you start really questioning, like, what is my intent with this? What is my purpose with this? What is the story that I'm telling myself about this choice? And then you can figure out, oh, is this a helpful thought or not? 
Um, what are your self-validation indicators, those little signs to yourself that you've got this, you're okay just as you are, or you're smashing it? It's so easy to be swayed by external influences or views. How do you silence those to concentrate on the instincts and voice that matters? Ooh. Okay, there's a couple of bits in there. I think the latter part of that is it comes from knowing that you're, you are worthy of having your own opinion and you are worthy enough to listen to your own thoughts, feelings, not necessarily act on them, but be mindful of them, be aware of them um, and putting them before other people. And when you make that choice, you say, my comfort, my needs are more important or as equally as important as this other person's needs. And I think that's, it takes work and it's not always easy, again, especially if you're a people pleaser, it's not always easy to say what I need is actually just as important as what this other person needs. I'm going to set this boundary, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. Um, it's just checking in with yourself before you make a decision and say, am I doing this for myself? Am I doing this for this other person? And also sometimes thinking, is this actually a benefit to the other person? Basic example, I'm saying yes to dessert even though I don't want it because my mum made it say because of benefit to her really if you sat down with your mum and went mum does it make a difference to you if I eat dessert or not she's probably going to say no like realistic and if she does say yes and then, then she's got maybe some work to do <laughs> so like sometimes we tell ourselves but this is what this other person needs or wants and actually that's boo like we've just decided um what was the first part of that question what are your self-validation indicators the signs that you've got this you're okay just as you are genuinely I think I don't know about you but for me it's feeling okay with all like feeling at peace yeah. and what, and what I mean like when you're congruent i.e what congruence means is that you're acting in line with your values it's basically what it means right if you go to therapy often you are feeling anxious you have disordered eating habits you are maybe suffering with depression and some like what you'll do in therapy is go right this person feels quite incongruent they're not acting in a line in a way that is important to them so they feel off in some way so how can we basically strip everything back find out what's important and move forward and what's important and so so for me i think for anyone a way of knowing that if you're acting in line with like oh, that self-validation feeling is being at peace with your decisions so if someone said to me say someone said now like Emma and I had loads of people unfollow us since we've been in Mexico because some people don't like to see other people doing other things. Right? That's absolutely fine. But if I was like, oh no, I'm upsetting people. I am making people feel bad because I'm in Mexico and they're not. Or I'm like, I'm triggering some people. I would be like, or I would feel like I could potentially feel off, feel bad, stop posting, etc. And I go, well, actually, What's important to me is my work, and this has been really beneficial for my work. What's important to me is love. It's my core value, and this trip has been really, really beneficial for me in that sense with, with Emma. So it's like, I don't feel bad. People can do what they want about it because I know that this is in line with my values. And that's a really, really basic example. But it's generally, if you're at peace with the decisions you're making, it's generally a good sign, probably, that you're acting in line with what's like that self-validation thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the tip of the iceberg for me at the weekend was because I was P 
people pleasing I was trying to fit in something that I just deep down didn't really want to do but I was putting their needs before mine and it wasn't I was like well clearly this reaction is telling me something uh and like you said it is it's just having that check in with yourself because 99.9% of the time I don't have that problem (laughs) (laughs) but but you're right like sometimes these things slip back in and then you and then like you said you feel really really off and it's with that self-awareness you can be like oh, I know why I know why it is I'm gonna have a little yeah, break yeah. <laughs> it's all my own fault I'm kidding it's not your fault but it's good to recognize obviously um okay oh I've lost all my questions um okay is there a way to compliment someone without directly commenting on their body? A PT did a diet phase for a photo shoot and I saw a picture of her dressed up to celebrate at the end and she looked amazing. It probably meant more in terms of her overall dress, her makeup and smile. Say that. <laughs> Say that, that you love the outfit, how she done her makeup hair. But I think it is something that, we need to work on is to move the compliments away from physical attributes or, or, or physical compliments sorry um but I mean did one of the best ones that I hear from clients when people recognize the change within them is that they're so much happier or they're socializing more that sort of thing and one of my clients it was her dad that had noticed the change and, and he'd told her husband, I was like, oh, doesn't she look, isn't she just so much happier now? And that for me is one of the best compliments you could ever receive. Mm, totally agree. I totally agree. And it's it's hard because it's so ingrained in us, right? To, to not question when we're like, oh my God, you look amazing. And especially as women, when we meet people, we always want to be nice. And so we go, oh, I don't know this person personally. So all I can do is comment on the way that they look. And it's really, really tough. But yeah, like you said, just do that. Say, my God, your makeup was amazing in your photo shoot. Or Mm -hmm. um, like, you looked so happy in your photo shoot. Like, you absolutely say that. It can also be like, oh, um, like, what did you do for your photo shoot? Do you feel like you achieved what you wanted to achieve? That's amazing. Well done on achieving what you wanted to achieve. You're not, again, saying, oh, my God, you look great because you dieted into the shoot. Like, it, it's just about, like, yeah, question that. And it's hard because you're like, well, a smile is the way someone looks. That, but that's not, what, that's not what you mean. You're saying, like, you look really happy is quite different, I think. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's just having that check-in with yourself. I think if that thought's already there and how do I change it, every time you notice yourself going to pay that, sort of compliment how can you reframe it yeah it's me Chloe and Emma I've been having this chat like when we've been here because like Chloe we're like I know I'm not supposed to say this but and then I'll be like I know I'm not supposed to say this Emma but and then we're like oh it's fine when you can be rational about it right but it's it, it's hard to get out of it mm. um it's my one isn't it yes mm. change of pace um are changes to your monthly bleed in between pill packs a possible sign of anything more? This is a question for your doctor. I don't think so, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't comment more than that because it's a, it's a medical question, I'm afraid. Um, okay, this is one of Denise's clients. 
I've noticed that my mood upon waking can be dependent on how I feel my eating went the day before. For example, if I eat a lot the day before, I will be in a slightly crappier mood. How do I manage this? I find that if I'm in a bad mood in the morning, it can set me off on a series of poorer decisions during the day. I think that sort of mindset soon becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? Sure. You wake up, you feel rubbish, the rest of the day is going to go to pot because of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas... It's the opposite of self-compassion, right? It's mm. the complete opposite of self-compassion. It's like self-deprecation almost. And, yeah. that, and we know that self-compassion leads to healthful behaviours. So self-criticism leads to the opposite. Yeah, whereas I think if you can wake up as cheesy as it sounds and be like, do you know what, today's a new day. Whatever happened yesterday happened. And what can I do today that's going to make myself feel good? Mm. I think, do you know what, I agree. And I think sometimes it's hard to do that. Sometimes it's hard to say, um, well, I did, I'm worthy of having a good day. I'm worthy of healthy behaviours and all these things. But, and so if you can't fully get into that headspace yet, take the headspace of, if I speak kindly to myself, I'm less likely to overeat today. If I speak kindly to myself, then I'm going to make more helpful choices. And it's almost like, it's almost like you're taking the emphasis away of I must be nice to myself. I'm more like, what quantitatively do I need to do to make progress? Sometimes that can be an easier framing of it, aside from just being like, oh, I just need to love myself and be kind to myself. And because that can be quite hard to do. Um, do something to ground yourself in the morning and be present. So like I was saying at the start of this podcast, I immediately woke up this morning a little bit, like a little bit late. I had a few things to do, running around. And I felt like I was not being present. And I knew what was going to happen is I'd run onto this podcast. I'd be sweating. I'd already made you late. I felt bad. And it was just like, I knew what the habits were, my actions were going to be for the rest of the morning until I got on my flight, which would be sweaty, not present, feeling guilty, all of these things. And I thought, this is not how I want my day to go. So I stopped. I literally did two minutes. It's not like you would mind if I was another two minutes late and did the compassionate breathing that I did. And doing something like that in the morning, just taking two minutes where you go and present, maybe you'll set an intention. You'll be like, my intention is to focus on today. Or maybe you'll do some affirmations that say, you know, I'm learning to nourish my body. I'm learning to be kind to myself. Anything that you resonate with that allows you to be present is really helpful. And then something that I do with my clients sometimes is thought postponement where I say, Right, you're allowed to have these thoughts about yesterday. You're allowed to have these thoughts about your body or your um, food, etc. But what you're going to do is you're going to put them in a box. You're going to use your notes on your phone and you're going to say, oh, I've had this thought about what I ate yesterday. I'm allowed to think about this, but only at 6 p.m. every single day. That's my thought postponement time and I open the box. So until then, I'm going to write it on my notes and say, I feel a bit crappy about that. And then I'm going to carry on about my day. And that thought is still there, it's stored in my notes. It's ready for me to mull it over later, should I wish to do that? And that just allows you to keep coming back to being present. So you could try something like that. I don't know what I'm <laughs> I was just, yeah, I was just looking in the depth of listening to you and then I completely lost <laughs> train of thought. Um, I've been wondering about feelings of fullness and how to describe what it is and how you know if you are. How would you define this if you can? Like with hunger, you can have the rumbling stomach and a feeling of emptiness sometimes. 
but I find it hard to tune into my fullness. Okay, fullness is harder because hunger, like fullness often we think we need to be, like we associate feelings of fullness often with overeating or with guilt. And so sometimes we can be scared to push it a little bit because we have like this, we used to have this trigger where as soon as we got to that level of fullness, we would then want to overeat. Like that's a classic, a classic one. So people are often scared to feel full if that's their history. Um, it's going to feel different for everyone. So like what we do with, our, with all of our clients, right? We say, what does hunger feel like to you? Let's go through these exercises that I give you so you can feel like what hunger feels like to you. We never say your hunger should feel like X, Y, and Z. There are certain things that everyone probably feels like the grumbling tummy, maybe a lack of energy. And with fullness, it might be that you feel, maybe you feel like your stomach is distended slightly. Maybe you feel, often I think, I prefer to think about things like satisfaction because stomach fullness is like, I could eat a kilogram of watermelon and be in pain with stomach fullness. But at the same time, I might be like, oh, do you know what? I still don't feel satisfied. I still really quite like a bit of bread. Um, so it's about kind of checking in with that and thinking, right, actually, maybe you want to say, okay, so fullness feels to me like two kilograms of watermelon, right? Stomach distended, uncomfortable. That's stomach fullness. Is that what we want after a meal? Or do we actually want satisfaction? What does that feel like to me? It might be like, I don't want to eat anything else. I've had enough. The thought of eating again is like, doesn't appeal to me. I'm ready to go on and do something else. I feel like I have energy to go and do something. My stomach feels like it has something in it. It might be a little bit distended, but not painfully so. There, it's, that, that's kind of the questions I would ask myself if I was thinking about like trying to get curious about fullness. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think often a lot of people really notice the difference in kind of focus and concentration because they're actually satisfied they're not thinking about food they're fueling themselves such a good point like later on in the day like mm. that's like that's such a good mm. directive and you like you've hit on something so important there if you're preoccupied with food at any point it's probably because you weren't satisfied in your last meal there are other reasons right you might be tracking meticulously you might be restricted in some way but it's also a really key sign that you're not satisfied in a meal and you're like well I was full where are you are you stomach full but not satisfied also one of my favorite ones is like the sleepy full oh yeah you know after like your mum's dinner yeah do you know oh. what I can just curl up and I just feel so comfy and cozy that I just need a little nap <laughs> totally that I am getting back tomorrow so I get back on Friday night and Emma was like what are you going to eat when you get back I was like I'm going to get stuffed crust Domino's pizza <laughs> bottle of red wine and I have like I'll have my pizza I'll have my red wine and it's like that that exact feeling of just shut the curtains and just curl up and be content and it's like that's that's satisfied <laughs> um okay best client I have opened up to my husband about my struggles with binge eating and his response wasn't what I expected. He was quite underwhelmed and hasn't followed up on what we discussed since. I know he wants to support me, but I think he just has no idea what to say or do. Do you have any advice on how I can ask him to help and support me? Well done, first of all, for being so vulnerable with him and having that conversation. It takes a lot of courage 
Um, and I think you've hit the nail on the head when you do have those conversations. A lot of people don't know how to how to be there and how to support you. And I think if you can have a think of ways in which you can, and then there's another conversation to have, what do you need that's going to be most helpful for you? Because it sounds as though he wants to be there, he just doesn't know. Totally agree, completely agree. And think about it on the flip side. I couldn't imagine what someone needs who maybe is suffering with alcoholism, say. I don't know. But what's, what is one of the best things you can do for any relationship, and I mean in any situation, is what do you need from me? And Emma and I were talking about this on another podcast, I think, recently, where she was talking about something that she was going through, and she said, yeah, Julia just said, what do you need from me? And I didn't, there wasn't anything that I needed, but I knew that if there was something, I could just vocalise what that was. And it's hard when that's basically what you need him to say to you, right? What do you need from me? But then consider he's asked you that, consider that, pretend he has and say, what do, what do you need from him? What do you want? Because if you can't, like, like you said, if you can't vocalise what you need and he's never going to be able to guess what you need. So make a list. I don't mean like I need X, Y and Z, but think like what would support me right now? Would it be just having someone to chat to at night? Would it be someone to have mindful meals with me? Would it be a gratitude conversation over dinner like what would what would you need and sit down with them and say what would really help me is this and that's amazing it's great that he wants to support you like you said great that you've had that discussion that's really hard to do so now you just need to think about what it is you need um what is more important for getting your period back if you have gained weight or heavier than you ever were is it more about stress management than continuing to eat in a surplus? I feel like I've been overthinking recovery for a year and the whole process of having gained a lot of weight has really got me down and I miss group exercise with friends. Um, what was it? What's more important? What at the beginning? Sorry. What's more important for getting your period back if you have gained weight? Is it more about stress management than continuing to eat in a surplus? It's both, unfortunately. Um, because we don't, we can't, def, like, we can't say that it's 100% categorically stress or energy availability or, you know, we can make educated guess, an educated guess. And I know that it's frustrating, but stress management is something that really we want to be working on all the time anyway, for our whole lives, because you're always going to be stressed, regardless of whether you've got your period or not, there's always going to be periods of stress. And so I always think, even like at this point, that I'm still thinking about how do I manage a stressful situation and how can I reframe the situation and how can I take two minutes just to calm myself and get myself and crack on so that's almost a moot point or a moot point if you will um <laughs> and so and with the eating side of things I mean again it's about thinking you have two options you could stop being in the surplus and risk not getting your period back or you could just keep pushing and know that you're doing everything that you can to support yourself I know how frustrating it is but think about how else can you get that connection with your friends if you did group exercise and you missed that what else can you do can you go for walks together can you I don't know go for coffee can you do something else in that same group that like walking is great um because you still get the endorphin you can still be out in nature you can still have that kind of group hang situation, but without the intense exercise. It's not the exercise that you miss. Well, you might be, but 
it's the connection so how can you how can you get that somewhere else with those friends yeah i completely agree um so this connect question we actually covered in an instagram live in a lot of detail so i'm going to direct anybody who wants to know about this to my instagram the instagram live that we did me you and deny but the question is we can touch on it briefly tips on staying on track when at home for christmas and surrounded by different foods and not able to have store to have storage of your usual choices by on track this is mainly because it will be for two weeks and when there's limited choice and control over what's available um apart from endless lovely leftovers which i love but which may not be the most mindful choice when wanting to maintain weight and avoid fat gain over this period Want to avoid I want to avoid moving away from my goals of putting on body fat while still enjoying family time. What I want to clarify here, and this is something that I see quite a lot, mindful does not mean sticking to your calories. And it's so it's like diet culture has picked up on mindfulness and they say, be mindful of your choices in line with your goals. That that's different to mindful eating. Mindfulness basically means awareness in a nutshell. Um, and so I think this is what this person means. Like I want to be mindful and aware of my goals, but sticking to your calories is not mindfully in. I think that's a really important distinction to make. Um, what are your thoughts? I just wanted to get out there before I forgot. Yeah, like like you said, if you're if you're being mindful with your food choices, you're making considered choices. But I think you need to remember that this is just two weeks your weight's going to fluctuate whatever you choose to eat. And what, what are you most going to value long-term? The time with your family and enjoying some potentially different foods or absolutely nailing your calories? What's going to be the most memorable thing this time next year? Absolutely that. And what you don't want is to look back on this time next year and go, Oh, I've got such a good relationship with food now. I can't believe I threw that Christmas away overthinking food. And again, this is not a saying you have to eat, overeat in order to enjoy family time because you absolutely don't. You could, you could relatively easily eat leftovers in a day, all day, and still be within your calories if you really wanted to do that. It's about recognizing this, this is just this is just food and experience with your family is one thing and that's great eating with your family is part of that overall experience but it's still just food just because it's not your regular food it's not different and again keeping in perspective that in order to gain half a kilo of body fat you have to eat beyond three and a half thousand calories beyond your maintenance calories and realistically when you do that you are probably going to move a little bit more your needs going to be a little bit higher so it's going to be more than that um, so like you said, really keeping this in perspective and trying to just relax and take that really neutral approach to food and say, just because this is a veggie sausage roll on my plate and it's not oats and whey, it doesn't make a difference in, to your body. If you eat 300 calories of that versus 300 calories of that. So the only reason that you're going to overeat on it is because you're treating it like something that is bad and that you shouldn't be eating or because it's delicious and that's great. If you overeat over Christmas and because the stuff is delicious and you want to eat it, great. And even if you did gain a kilo of body fat over Christmas, 
which most people will probably gain a little bit of weight probably but it's not necessarily body fat like that's going to take a couple of weeks to come off really is that really is that what your priority is that's okay if it is think about why that is um i'm just trying to there was one from steph wasn't there i can get it if you want i've got it do you have any tips on how I can keep myself accountable or anything that will be useful for working on my relationship with food and myself whilst I take a break from coaching? You're very good on this in the sense of, you know, a good habit tracker app, right? That would be what I'd say. There's tons of apps or just set yourself a spreadsheet or whatever. But yeah, that, that would be my go-to. Did I just make that up in my head? Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't remember. I've had a couple of clients that have used that instead of um, on the portal, but I can't remember off the top of my head what the habit <laughs> There are, yeah, there are many habit tracking apps, right? And everyone will have a different preference. I would say, yeah, do that. I'd also say set aside a couple of minutes every day just to check in with yourself and be like, did I act in a way that I wanted to today to act in line with what I say is important to me today and just it literally takes two minutes to reflect on something like that and if you didn't be like okay well what didn't I do or what did I do that isn't in line with that what I'm going to do differently tomorrow so be intentional with that set aside that time use a habit tracker keep up your non-negotiables so what are the things that you know support you things like regularly and really supports me so I'm going to keep doing that or meditation really supports me so I'm going to do that and it's just about putting them into your habits and being accountable to them that check-in what someone I follow started doing it and it, and she each morning she's just like take two minutes have a check-in with yourself how are you feeling what are you feeling and honestly I sit there and do it and I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea yeah and I, I think we definitely do it especially if we get up look at our phone get up track on your day and it's it's not conducive like how you set up your day and this is not about having a cold shower and eating red meat for breakfast and whatever else you see on instagram it's about just being like like you said just be mindful of how you feel what like what do i need to do today etc um okay becca's client i had a question about the values you guys frequently talk about values and whether the things are in line with them how is it then that know what a value I know what's important, family, friends, health, safety, etc. But it's like I have an addiction to believing that life will be better if I am thinner. It's like I love the above values that I know to be right, but I'm lusting after the pursuit of thinness. Oh, what a question. <laughs> oh, great question. Let's thank diet culture for the, the want the need to be thin um and i think also i want to pick up on that first part of the question was it i know i should i know what's important i know what's important but is it actually important to you are those things actually important to you or is that something you feel that should that you should value but you don't deep down oh such a good point Great point. I'm on fire today. <laughs> you've had, I don't know what you've had today to eat, but it's, it's really worked for your cognitive function, Anna. Very first. Um, I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have picked up on that, um, but you're totally right. 
I think, I think sometimes it's about saying, like, what is the lust or the pursuit of thinness offering you? Like, what is that offering you aside from being leaner? Because we know that being leaner doesn't lead to happiness. Like, that's, we know that. So take that story away because that's the story you're telling yourself and it's not true. Let's get a little bit deeper and say, what is this consistent drive to control my nutrition and to control my body offering me? And then you can do this with anything, thinness, um, dieting, overeating, etc. We develop these, like you said, right? Because of diet culture, yes. But it's an outlet for something. We develop these types of things, behaviors, as some sort of coping mechanism for something or some sort of outlet for something. So what is that? And, and it could be, it's different for everyone. And that's not a question that you go, oh, what does it offer me? And oh, I know the answer. Alas, I can get that from somewhere else. If only it was that easy. Um, it takes time, but think about it. maybe it's offering me a feeling of um, control and safety. Okay, why don't I feel that control and safety in my life? Is it because my relationship feels that way? Is it because financially I'm under strain? What is it that it's offering? What is it that it's offering me? Overeating? Is it offering me a way to get rid of my feelings? Okay, why don't? Why do I feel like I have to get rid of these feelings? How can I get rid of them in another way, i.e. get them out? So it's about really thinking about what are you clinging on to? Because I know that it's easy to tell yourself it's because leaner is better, but leaner is not better in terms of health. Like, yes, being in that quote unquote healthy BMI is generally healthier um, in general. Obviously there's some caveats to that. Don't have time to do that today. Um, but beyond that, it's not, it's not associated with better body image. It's not associated with better health. It's not associated with better well-being. And actually, dieting is associated with less positive, all of those things. So it's not giving you what you think it is. So what actually is it giving you? Mm. I don't know if it's you or I've heard it from someone else, but it's, it's like, and then what? You get lean, and then what? Mm. Yeah. Are you, are you going to have that fulfillment that you're looking for? Probably not. No, because you're not living in line with your values. Exactly that, exactly that. Yeah, I love that question. Like, and what? Oh, I've gained half a kilo, and what? Like, once you start asking yourself that, you're like, oh, someone, because my therapist did it to me in a therapy session, and I was like, I'm just so angry. And she was like, okay, and what? And I said, I don't want to do X, Y, or Z because I'm just so angry. And she said, okay, well, you're so angry, and what? It's <laughs> uh, a fair point. Look, I have nothing to say. And I was like, oh, I can just be angry, and that's the end. Great. <laughs> I would be absolutely flummoxed if a therapist did that to me. <laughs> no, no, we're here to talk. You can't. <laughs> I know it felt like quite an attack, but it was very effective. Um, yeah. And I think if these are your values, I think you can really consider these like you said, right? If these are your values, think about how your pursuit of thinness is in line with them. Is the pursuit of thinness supporting your family or taken away from your value of family is it supporting your value of friendship or taken away um and then that's how we then start to say okay to feel more congruent going back to the earlier topic i need to think about how these how i can make this pursuit of thinness or not as the case may be be in line with my family i.e i'm going to let that slip because i want to have dinner with my family for example so that's the next step um okay let's do one more question best way to deal with the pressures of Christmas do you know what 
we're going to do a podcast on fit on <laughs> okay let's do that um because we've got a couple of them so i think that's a great idea so carl we'll come back to you on that and i've got another question okay so let's do that um okay do you have any other ones that are maybe shorter questions just because we want to do them justice i don't have any shorter questions now <laughs> okay okay um i say we pause it there and we'll do an extra bonus podcast instead with christmas questions and anything else so if you have any christmas questions and for this next one if you have any christmas questions also you can dm me dm anna with them as well for this one occasion only we will allow non-client questions you are so welcome we're so selfless we know um and yeah we'll do a, we'll do a podcast next week on that so thanks everyone for your questions and as always share if you like it and that's it <laughs> bye bye bye